0: Eat on Friday Yummy!
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Weekly Dish. I'm Steph March. I'm here with Stephanie Hansen who is busy doing stuff quickly before we get started. Quickly starting things. <laughs> oh, and I have like... The sad, sad you ready. <laughs> microphone. Wow. Good morning. It's a little foggy out today, but I kind of like it. It's very spooky. It's very October. Yes, it it's is. It's very
2: spooky. You did something spooky last night.
1: I did. I really did. And it's even spookier than you think because I haven't even fully told you that I went to go see Halloween by myself okay (laughs) shoot I wish you'd have called me I'd have gone I you know what it was sort of one of those missions where I I had asked Matt uh, my kid if he wanted to come and he was like oh I'm going bowling tonight you know the other kid had other things to do so I was like I really want to just go see this and so I went and smuggled my burrito in and (laughs) Sat. sat in my lovely gorgeous recliner seat listen Here's what I got to tell you guys. Okay, so Halloween was the very first scary movie I ever saw. Me too. Yeah, right. I yeah. think a lot of people, and you know, it it totally did change the genre, the slasher genre that basically dominated the '80s and '90s for you know scary yep. films. That was the beginning, and the and also the beginning of the unstoppable foe, right? Like the monster that, that cannot be stopped. Yeah. yeah. So you know, John Carpenter is just a magic man as far as that movie goes. I thought, and I I. It's You guys, this version, this one, is so good. Now, I know there's been nine other Halloween movies made, but this one is supposed to be as close. This is sort of an homage to John Carpenter, the original director. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It is like a so woman power movie. (laughs) This is like a feminist flick that I will tell you, I will give you my whole dissertation on it another time. But I'm just telling you, I mean, like without, I can go into super big depths on it, but it's great. And here's, there's one line in the beginning that kind of set the tone in my mind. It's not like uber feminist or anything. It's just, she just kicks so much butt. And, uh, her line was, so there's a couple of, I'm not going to ruin it either for you guys, but there's a couple of podcasters, you know, and they're trying to make like, you know, one of those, like, who is Michael Myers podcast, you know, and like, we have to get into, we want to know what he, what makes him tick, what makes him feel and all this kind of stuff. And they're asking her to go talk to him. And she's like, no, I'm not gonna go do that. And they're like, well, your life's been kind of crazy since, I mean, you've had two marriages, your daughter was taken away from you. And she's like, so wait a minute. (laughs) She's like, so Michael Myers kills five people and he should be understood. I have two marriages go Right. right and I'm crazy. I'm the nut bar, you know, it was really like- I like it. It was really good and it was perfectly scary. Here's my favorite part though, ready? Yep. In this movie theater in Plymouth, I'm there, and it's filled with, of course, teenagers. You know, teenage boys. Um, not my teenage boys, just random teenage boys. Packs of them, all of them, chanting, "Get him, girl! <laughs> like go, girl! Get him, get him!" I was just, I was the best. I, I That's loved it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was I really actually
2: good. at what a coincidence at eleven fifty oh, five last night, or eleven oh five last night. I got a text from my daughter in all caps that said, "That was so good with a pumpkin." She went to Halloween. She went to Halloween. Finally,
1: here's what I'm going to tell you guys: if you can, if you can watch the first one before you watch, if like you want to refresh, because it really is there's what I did was I got home from work and I was uh, cleaning the house, so I put the first one on before I went to the movie, and I got about three quarters of the way through on the first one that was perfect because it totally gets that backstory. And there are so many moments in this new one that are direct reflections. Easter eggs. There's so many. She's sitting in the same place, like in the classroom, that Jamie Lee Curtis was sitting in, the granddaughter is. And like the same lecture is happening from the teacher. Oh, cool. It's very cool. It's like, but I would never have known that if I hadn't seen it again. And gone back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to see that. Um, But yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, What did you see? Well...
2: What did I... Oh, I saw the movie with... Um, as the film festival is still going on. Yes. I did not catch the Chef Flynn documentary that I was supposed to see because I ended up being sick. But oh. um, I did uh, Melissa McCarthy, the movie where she's a forger, that they're saying she's going to win an Academy Award for it.
1: Oh, I didn't know she was in a movie, yeah, this
2: one. I, uh, I saw that, and it was pretty good. I'll have to get the name. Um, and I went to the paranormal cocktail party at the Lex last night. Which
1: I was so jealous that I didn't know. First of all, I found out about it too late and then the tickets were sold out and I didn't even put it in the feed because I was like, there's no chance that anyone can go. Yeah, so I happened to be
2: at the Lex. It's called Can You Ever Forgive Me is the movie. Okay. And I really liked it. Um, I was at the Lex with my husband having a drink and I saw some friends of ours come in and head upstairs and I was talking to Jack, Chef yeah. Jack, and he was like, Oh yeah, the paranormal cocktail party is tonight. I was like, It is? He goes, Yeah, sneak up there. So I go up I totally there. Done that. Yeah, we go up the we go up there and um who is the leader of the paranormal cocktail party? Don McLean from the morning show. Dawn is a paranormal expert. I remember that now. That is right. I remember that now. So she's there with her her team of paranormal folks. And they are going through the haunting because there's apparently not one, but a few ghosts at the Lexington.
1: I have heard this. Yeah.
2: And I had heard that there was one, but there's apparently more than one. And then our server was like telling us two stories. So it was sold out. I got a drink. I got a drink that was bubbling like a cauldron in a pumpkin. I kept the pumpkin because I'm going to drink out of it today at another party. (laughs) (laughs) And I put it in my purse. And Jen, our friend, looks at me like, did you just take that pumpkin? Yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: And she was not surprised. (laughs) But it was
2: plastic. Like, I think you were supposed to take it. I don't know. Anyway, it was fun. (laughs) There are ghosts in the Lex. We didn't stay for the whole reveal because that would have been rude because we were just standing in the back, but it was pretty cool. I watched for about 20 minutes. Them explain their methodology. They have special microphones, special technology. It's it's legit.
1: No, this is this. They have had a number of things. In fact, I don't know if you still can, but they did have a overnight in in a house scheduled for Halloween night that is supposed to be 300 East Clifton in Minneapolis. Yeah. That is supposed to in be in one of the mansions over yeah, there. And it's like, you can stay, you can purchase a night and overnight in the, in that house with them as they go and do all like the, they like kind of read the house.
2: They are. Um, it's a free uh, reading. They do these as volunteers. Oh, they do some events to pay for equipment and stuff, but yeah. it's, it's all volunteer. They go and they really are trying to help these spirits cross over. Wow. Some won't leave. Like, I don't know if you've seen The Haunting of Hill House yet. The no, 10 but that, is that the arc. one on
1: Netflix right now? Yeah. So one of my buddies, Evan, was telling me, he was like, you got to start. I'm like, I I just got through Halloween and now I got to get, you know, and I got to, I had Pet Cemetery. I got things. Here's what I will say. It's very
2: worthwhile and it's good. It's really good. But... Like everyone has hyped it up so
1: much, I, know, I want you to just take it for what it is. I might watch it tonight. I don't know. Um, I have to watch Heather's first of all tonight. Because <laughs> not the redo, by the way. There's also like they redid Heather's. They made like a a bad redo. Yep. Everyone's saying. But um, I, I so- don't think I've
2: ever seen the original Heather's.
1: What? <laughs> oh my god. I just can't even, t- I can't even throw the many quotes at you that I want. You should watch Heather's. Well, it's an eighties thing. And that's it's, okay. I but just a lot like of the people, of the 80s. we did a, when I was in college, we were the, we were Heather's for Halloween one year. And so I was telling that to the kid and he was like, we should watch it. I like it. So
2: we have a good show yeah. of, we have some fun stuff. Of course we have to talk about candy. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about candy. We are. There was a sad passing though, stuff. I know. The green bean casserole. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Um, I wish I had her obituary up, and I don't. Her name
1: is, uh, I think it's Dorcas Riley.
2: And the name Dorcas, I had a client named Dorcas Dvorak. That is uh, Dorcas, apparently a biblical name. Yeah,
1: my fa- my, one of my mom's friend's mother was named Dorcas. Yeah, And we I always thought, it's so funny that we think it's like, oh, don't be a Dorcas. But like, it's a really classical She was in the name. Old Testament. Yep, she is the one who uh, I believe, the, well, they kind of believe who created the Thanksgiving staple to Green Bean casual She's died at the age of 82, Um, She had Alzheimer's disease, which is sad in New Jersey. But they said that she was the driving force behind the popular dish made with green beans, cream of mushroom soup and topped with crunchy fried onions.
2: I just want to recognize her because how many Thanksgiving tables has that changed? You know,
1: do you know that the rest the original recipe card was donated to the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2002? No, that's very I don't know
2: where that is, but I hope it's somewhere cool. (laughs) I hope it's in like the Smithsonian. Really?
1: I don't know. where. I mean, it might
2: be. They have a big kitchen exhibit. Yeah. I was having a a conversation with Jack yesterday that kind of reminds me of this a little bit. And he was talking about that he grew up in the poor part of St. Paul Mm -hmm. over by the Lex, actually, and in a neighborhood where there were a lot of single moms, apparently. And he was talking about rent meal. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, yeah, here's there's this thing. He goes, when women in the neighborhood or men too needed to get rent together and they didn't have enough money The neighborhood would bring dishes to their house, and they would charge five dollars a plate for the rent plate.
1: Oh, so
2: the kids would go there after football practice, give them five bucks, eat the food that all the neighbors had around had donated, so that the person could get enough money for rent.
1: Oh, I didn't. And they call that rent plate. Wow.
2: I just and he said that this happened monthly. Like someone was short in the neighborhood and the neighbors would just gather together and get it together. And that was how they helped the neighbor. But I just love that idea. And it reminds me of the green bean casserole lady, like just what you can bring getting coming together as a neighborhood. We're going to a potluck tonight in our neighborhood. There's so much like crabby yucky horribleness about politics going on right now. Whenever you can bring it back together with a nice hot casserole and some neighbors and maybe meet some people you don't know. Yeah. It's fun.
1: It's very fun. And it's super sweet, which yeah. we are going to get to in just a moment, because I just want to let you guys also know that there is a Facebook question uh, for you. Uh, the Weekly Dish candy poll, which is what is the best Halloween candy and what is the worst Halloween candy? We're and we're going to dig into candy when we get back. We're going to take a quick break. This has been the Weekly Dish and we're on uh, My Talk one oh seven one, sponsored by Red Cow and Red Rabbit.
2: Welcome back to The Weekly Dish, presented by our friends at Red Cow. There's four of them, and Red Rabbit. There's two of them. The one in St. Paul is now open and doing gangbusters, apparently, and it's super good. So check that out. Um, I had this wonderful Amaro drink there Chef Ian Lothar made for me the other day. He's a bartender. Yeah, he is a good bartender, too. All right, so that is that, and this is this, which is candy. I love the Halloween show. Whenever we do the (laughs) Halloween show, because, you know, we're a show about food, but we don't get to, like, just talk as much about the randomness of all the weird food news. I kind of cover it in dribs and drabs. I was going to say, yeah, we do. We do dribs and drabs all the time. Because I love just the little, like, weird, like, huh, stuff. Yeah. So, green bean casserole lady, rest in peace. Feel sad about that. But I've got the 10 worst Halloween candies nationally and the 10 best. And then you've got the list from the Facebook. So, we'll see if... And I do not agree with these. Oh, the 10 worst Halloween candies. the number one worst. Yeah. And, and this is a bad Halloween candy, but not a bad candy circus peanuts. I love circus peanuts. I do too, but you can only
1: really eat. <laughs> they're two shameful of them. And they're, weird. They're, that is maybe the shame eating thing that I got them when I was at the lo- world's largest candy store, you know? Oh, you bought them. I bought some and Jake was like, really? And I'm like, yeah but I'm only gonna eat like two of them, <laughs> yeah that's funny, <laughs> and yep. then you're like, what is that? yeah, it's marshmallowing nougat or yeah, something it's a marshmallow
2: thing. they remind me of my mom. she used to buy them, so I like circus peanuts the second, but worst- everybody
1: hates them, like I don't know who bu- maybe there's like a handful of us in the country who buys them <laughs> because Everybody else seems to hate them.
2: I feel like I need to buy them and give them out for Halloween. But they're not in a they're wrapper. They're not in a fun size package. So no one would let their kid eat no, it. No, they would
1: think you're they evil. They wouldn't
2: experience the joys of the Circus Peanut. No. Um, how about candy corn? That's number two on the worst list. I
1: think that's bunk. And in fact, I have an entire article talking about how candy corn is the best. I
2: love candy corn. So and here's they the can third just one.
1: bite it. That is an, that is a great candy. Um,
2: the third one is one of Ellie's favorite things. Wax cola bottles. Yeah, that's not a candy. I'm, that's stupid. That's a liquid in a wax, but it's fun.
1: But it's not a candy. It's like a weird... Chemical <laughs> liquid thing that burns your throat as it goes down. You know it. It does, and then it's wax. You can't eat it.
2: And I think the packaging is an issue, unless like they sometimes give them out in the little row that's yeah, packaged. That's
1: the old vintage way.
2: Okay, what about Necco wafers? Because that's Kurt's favorite candy, and that's number four
1: of worst. These are the worst, worst. we're talking about. Yeah, I'm not against a Necco wafer. I may not choose like if there's a you know if it's spread out on the floor of with the bag and we're making our selections. It's going to be among the last choices, but... But
2: if they're there... I do like the white
1: ones. Just the white ones. I
2: like the black ones. Yeah, Kurt likes the white ones. Uh, Peanut Butter Kisses is on the list of 10 worst Halloween candies. What's wrong with these people? That isn't even really a candy. It's a kiss. Yeah, uh, Tootsie Rolls, worst. I like a Tootsie Roll.
1: Okay, I actually have a weird, like, I think I hate Tootsie Rolls. Like, I really think I hate them. And I just get mad. I get mad at them because they're thrown in parades. And all of a sudden, your whole bag is just Tootsie Rolls. Of gummy, yucky, because they get but wet. But it's all Tootsie Rolls. And then same thing at Halloween. They're like, oh, just get some Tootsie Rolls. And I I get mad at them, and I get angry, and then I eat them. And I'm like, these are actually kind of good.
2: Yeah, and homemade Tootsie Rolls. Have you ever made those? No. They're incredible.
1: Molly Herman's favorite candy is a Tootsie Roll. Okay. Favorite. I, I get it.
2: I was listening to Lori yesterday. But what yesterday. is it? It's not
1: even really chocolate. It's not chocolate. It's not like a nougat. What is it? I don't know. Is she it was, a taffy? Not really. Here's she was
2: talking about this um, espresso vodka, um, a little bit of orange juice, okay, and some chocolate liqueur, and you shake all that up, and it's a Tootsie Roll shot.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Good. We used to make those in uh,
2: college. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, other worst number seven is the smartie. Yep. I like Smarties.
1: I'm fine with Smarties. I'm uh, not angry at them. I like to eight. crush them up and put them into soda. <laughs> oh. We used I've to put them into that. sprites. That's that was fun. our that was our Halloween trip. Uh number eight black
2: licorice. I love black licorice. Love black licorice. licorice. Uh probably because you're German, because isn't that a German thing? Yeah,
1: we had it growing up all the time. At
2: the world's largest candy store, I got some real authentic oh, like, did you? black licorice yeah. rolls. And yep. they were delicious. Uh, good and plenty is number nine licorice I again. I
1: love good I and Plenty. I do too. <laughs>
2: And I only usually get them like if I'm with someone at a movie theater that says, hey, let's get them. But if they're
1: there, I will eat them by the handful.
2: Uh, Mary Jane candies are number 10.
1: Yeah, those are just gross. (laughs) They're weird and grainy. They're supposed to be a peanut butter thing, but they're like grainy and they fall apart when you chew them. And there's a weird consistency to the texture. Yeah.
2: Uh, Here's the 10 best Halloween candies. Okay. They're so boring. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Of course. Uh, Snickers. Of course.
1: Twix. Of course. Kit Kat. Yep.
2: Number five nerds. At least they're fun.
1: Yeah.
2: M&M's is six. Butterfinger, seven. Sour Patch Kids is eight, which that's like pretty that's high a polarizing. on the list. That's yeah. a
1: polarizing thing. I'm going to say it.
2: Nine is Skittles and ten is a Hershey bar, which no one wants just a plain
1: Hershey bar. I it's want, not even I good want chocolate. A, I want a plain Hershey bar Really? Sometimes. They're so yeah. bitter. They're, it's not bitter. It's like it's the waxiness. You know that like if you eat some, it just like all of a sudden the back of your throat starts tanging and it's from this like it, they're kind of waxy. There's something weird about them. They are, but I, they're kind of, they're kind of loved. I mean, like everyone, like if you're eating through a candy bag, I'm thinking specifically about a Halloween bag and you're like picking and choosing. Sometimes I just want that plain chocolate instead of going from everything.
2: I go for the Almond Joys if I've got the bag.
1: Yeah. And you go for the Almond Joys? Oh yeah. Those, that is like or an a easy Bar. trade out for me. Like 100% I'm like, who wants all of the Almond Joys me. or Mounds? Me. That's we the only, good match, and licorice.
2: Then. I like the Twizzlers.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't need to have a Twizzler in my Halloween bag. Yeah, I, I like them.
2: They got they at Halloween time though. They get real funky. It's like they overmake them or something.
1: Probably because they're just. You know what's real bad is when you open like uh, uh, a Reese's or something like a pumpkin. You get one of the Reese's pumpkins or something, and you open it, and it's and all it's dust. dusty because it's obviously <laughs> from last year. But here's you know
2: my secret, and this is actually my friend Michael's secret: is when you're buying candy. If you really want good candy, you buy the seasonal candy because that's the freshest candy.
1: But it's not. She says
2: it is. I know, but this is my point. Is like cups. I've, but
1: I've pulled peanut butter <laughs> things Dusty off peanut the peanut butter cups. I'm saying the store is lying to you.
2: And when you crack them open and they're just gross. Yeah. I think you should be allowed to take those back. You can.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. If you were gonna. So here's what, here's what our listeners have said. This is what you guys have thought. Uh, best Snickers. Uh, I love a good Snickers. PB cups, best Twix, peanut butter cups are kind of Kit Kats, kind of the same thing here. Molly King, our own Molly King, best Mary Jane peanut butter kisses. Gross. I know. And she says, because I get to eat them after others reject them. (laughs) That's funny. I love that. Chris Long with me along pumping the fist. Best of the hundred grand bar, hundred grand bar. is the. I don't ever buy a hundred grand bar, but at, at Halloween, there was one directive when those children went out. If you get a hundred grand bar, it's mine. (laughs) <laughs> I get it. You come back and you bring it to me. That's all you want. That's all. Do I want. you know
2: that I saw? Um, you know those state by state that Minnesota was. hundred Grand Bar was like yeah. a big. We were big fans of. Those. I know.
1: Um, Chris Long. She also says Hunter Grand Bar. Seth, or uh, I mean, Steph Tomlinson. She's with you. Best almond joy. And she yeah. says, "Worse, those weird things wrapped in black and orange wax paper. <laughs> those, oh, those, the- are those peanut butter toffee yeah. things, right? Right? Uh, God, P- you guys, Reese's everything is like everybody's loving it, but a lot of worse, anything solid sugar. Julie says Tootsie's or Tootsie Rolls or Skittles, like that. But I don't. know What's different between Reese's are kind of sugar, but uh, the best are those taffy th- And then Susan loves the the peanut butter taffy things wrapped in orange. Susan's so the thing. It's like." It's, it's all crazy. personal. It totally is. Do you like Laffy taffy? Um, I like banana laffy oh, taffy. Oh, I do too. That's <laughs> exactly what one. I was just gonna say. That's so weird. Because uh, okay. it's so fake. Missy Anderson most coveted candy was the Snickers, and the worst were the taffy-ish things. but then she put a picture of the orange and black wrapped thing. Those aren't even if you think about it now, like what kids are getting those and their no parents one. are like because they're thinking you know, like it doesn't have a brand on it. It and looks you're like not you couldn't it them. yourself. It
2: looks like someone could easily inject something in there. I know. God. Don't you think it's kind of weird that we're still even trick or treating? Really? No. Why? It's <laughs> going awesome. to people's houses, ringing the doorbell, and saying, "Give me some candy." No, you're saying.
1: Can I ask a question though? Have you heard this trunk or tweet? Like, I don't know what that is all about, but it's all over the place where things are like, come for trunk or tweet, tweet. And it's like, maybe they don't want to say trick. Like they don't want to talk about pranks or something, but I don't know what trunk would mean.
2: I'm going to look it up.
1: Okay. If you can look that up, that's that where. sounds like,
2: uh, well, it's like drunk a drunk or tweet.
1: Well, no. And it's, a, I mean, there's a lot of like, <laughs> that's. The parents in my old neighborhood <laughs> where we would have, you know, when I lived in Minneapolis and we would all have coolers and so you'd have to come by and get a shot or a beer as you were going by. Yeah, we and, used to do that in yeah, our neighborhood And I too. used to wear the gorilla suit out with the kids and then so you couldn't see me as I was, you know, having a beer. Um, but that's oh, good okay. old neighborhood stuff. For kids' enjoyment,
2: adults decorate the back of their cars for oh. Halloween, load up on candy, and come sit in a parking lot for kids to trick or treat from car to car, oh. trunk or treat. Yeah. Okay. Kids come in fully dressed costumes and hats okay
1: okay that's what that is that's what that is Weird. I mean okay I guess it's like it, I guess if you're a people doing it like for a business I feel like you can't do it inside like you don't have a mall but you have a parking lot maybe you know how you know this is a real thing yeah
2: because there's 43 best trunk or treat images on Pinterest there it is
1: oh <laughs> my god people, people right, decorate you guys. their cars we're gonna take a quick break we are gonna continue with the Halloween fun next hour we're gonna talk about what you should be cooking if on you're Halloween. looking for
2: a trunk or treat just there is one here
1: locally at wooddale church in edina there's plenty of them yeah yeah they're all over you can find them look on the facebooks we're gonna take a quick break you guys we come back we're gonna talk with steve delinsky who is going to talk about chicago pizza and the myth of deep dish supremacy we'll be right back this is the weekly dish brought to you by on my talk 107.1 hey everybody welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us on this fuzzy saturday morning um it's kind of a good day for maybe pizza Yes, i'm feeling actually i knew that we were going to be talking to our next guest as i was driving in and i was thinking about it and i was literally thinking maybe i'm going to get some pizza this afternoon and i think that that's your gift steve delinsky that is what you have done you've created a craving for pizza like none other
0: <laughs> i will say every time i have a conversation with someone it, it invariably ends up in like where are we going to go eat pizza right now
1: yeah there's worse things. There's, yeah. That, I mean, that, you, like I said, it's a gift. And what we, okay. the, who we have here, you guys, Steve Dolinsky, uh, is joining us today. I'm so excited. He is, of course, a 13 times James Beard award winning food reporter who's lived in Chicago for more than 25 years. He has eaten more than his fair share of pizza for his work at the hunger on the Hungry Hound, which is his show, uh, with ABC seven news down there. And he has a, his own podcast, the feed podcast. All right. That we can listen to. He's, uh, and he's a uh, travel writer for the Chicago Tribune, Steve. You are a pizza man.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it all stemmed from my life growing up in St. Cloud, Minnesota, eating Shakey's.
1: That's right. That's (laughs) true. I forgot about that part. Your mom is still here, right?
0: My mom's still in Golden Valley. I'm a product of the Hopkins High School uh, education system. Right. And I'm actually going to be back to visit my mom this week.
1: Oh, nice! nice. Now, Shakey's, my God. Shakey's, that is a moment from the past, Right.
0: Born in uh, Sacramento in nineteen fifty four, but of course uh, in Minnesota, at least in the seventies from my recollection.
1: Yeah. And I also it's funny
0: thing is as a Chicago connection, I also remember my pie which is born in Chicago in 71. I thought they had a great, great deep dish, you know, growing up in the 70s and early 80s. And there's just one my pie left here in Chicago, and it's on our weekly uh, tours.
1: Oh, my God. Now, of course, so Steve has written a book. It's called Pizza City USA. But I just put a link up to his site, Pizza City USA, because this is one of the things I just realized that you guys do. Beyond this book, you offer tours the West Loop Pizza Walk, you know all these kind of things that you can take. And you guys, do you guide them through it? Are you there? Yeah,
0: I'm. Um, I'm actually leading a Saturday bus tour every Saturday. So after this call, I'm going to run downtown for my regular Saturday bus tour. So we do four tours. Although the walking, the three walking tours are going to end this weekend because well, you know how cold it gets in yeah. the Midwest. <laughs> so in November, we're going to just have a Saturday bus tour that goes to four different stops and a Sunday bus tour to four different stops. Each one. Very different, but my goal was create a tour that you can see four different styles of pizza in about three hours because the book is really, you know, it's 101 different pizzas in Chicagoland and sort of the whole area. And I found 10 different styles of pizza here, not just deep dish and stuff. I was going to say it goes
2: way deeper than Lou Malnati's or Pizzeria Uno.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's so much more than Lou's and Uno's. Uno's was, you know, that's where it all started, in 1943. Um... 30 years later, Stuffed started on the south side of a place called Giordano's, yeah. which most tourists, you know, have to check that box when they come to Michigan Avenue. But that really isn't what people in Chicago actually eat. Um, I, you know, I don't know what the equivalent at home is. I mean, I guess, do people eat hot dish all the time? I, I'm just trying to think about, like... <laughs> like, like you know, like, I always say, like, the, the deep dishes to Chicago what Times Square is to New York. Yep, it's true. And you check that box, but that's not where you go do all your eating when you're in New York, and it's the same in Chicago. I don't know anybody who goes to Giordano's or Lou's every week. You know, it's like once once a year your relatives come to visit you, but nine times out of ten it's tavern style. It's it's what we call in the Midwest the party cut, the square cut, the tavern pie. Yep. You know, thin and crispy. Um, the Takeout, which is a great site that The Onion started, had a great piece yesterday about this whole conundrum we have in Chicago. It's like, yes, we were the place where deep fish and stuff was born, but, you know, day to day we eat the thin tavern style.
1: Do you think, okay, so you know the whole argument about the Minnesota pizza thing, where we like to say that with Red Savoy, that we sort of invented the square cut, which is, I think, what you're saying, tavern style, very, soft, very, you know, like a really kind of a rich sauce and a lot of cheese and toppings. Is that, do you think that that is not necessarily a Minnesota pie? Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, I think, I mean, that sounds like a tavern pie with the exception of all the heavy toppings on top. I'm a big fan of a term I've coined called OBR, which is optimal bite ratio. <laughs> so I see, That's I awesome. I see that happening, you know, and from the 30s in Little Italy in Chicago, there were places doing tavern style, um, 30s and 40s. So I'm not sure if Minnesota can trace it back that far. Probably not. Um, I certainly don't remember that, you know, as a kid in the 70s in, in Minnesota.
1: Old Piper Inn. Yeah. How old is that? But that, you think they went back to the 30s yeah, and the 40s? Yeah, the old
2: Piper Inn. I'm wondering how far back they went because yeah. they did. I'll I'll research that.
1: Yeah.
0: You could research that. But I think in in Chicago, certainly that is the style they've had since the 30s, where we're talking sauce and cheese pushed to the edge, yep. quite thin, almost like a cracker-thin crust. A little bit of, on the south side, they add a little bit of sugar. On the north side, not as much to the sauce. Um, but the toppings are, are spare. And in Chicago, it would just be, I mean, primarily bulk sausage that has a bit of fennel in it that you're pinching and pressing onto the dough raw, Uh. and then baking it so that that fat renders into the dough a bit. And then the other Chicago cool thing that you wouldn't see in Minnesota would be jardiniere, which is that Italian relish of pickled um, and spicy peppers and carrots and cauliflower and olives. That would also go on a pizza here. So that those two, the bulk sausage in the jardin there are typical on a tavern pie. But I, I'm you know, is there a Minnesota style of pie? Is there a Milwaukee style of pie? Come on. I I, I think it's a Midwestern style of pie. That's that's typically what I see the big difference being from the East Coast to the Midwest, is that we do the thin bar pies and on the east coast they do the big slices.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think you're right. I think that's a I think that's a fair assessment. Do you have any feeling about Detroit style pizza?
0: I do. I love Detroit style. Um, there are at least a half a dozen Detroit styles now in Chicago. What makes a,
2: something Detroit style?
0: Okay, um, so this is this was started from the auto industry. They had lots of square pans laying around that they used for nuts and bolts to toss into. And the Sicilians were smart, and they said, what are we going to do with these pans? Let's put dough into them and see what happens, and let's let them rise and proof overnight. And then they would push brick cheese, which is a sort of a higher-fat Wisconsin cheese, mm-hmm. into, on top of this dough, pressed all the way to the edges so that it'll caramelize along the side, like you'd see at a Pequod's or a Labriola in Chicago, by the way. Um, So they would let it proof with pepperoni, the cup and char pepperoni, the small diameters that sort of crisp up and, and char when you bake it. So cheese and pepperoni proofed overnight, and then the next day, bake the pie and then put two racing stripes of sauce over the top. So it's really more like really good cheese bread that has kind of a focaccia in <laughs> the middle, but a very crispy <laughs> cheese perimeter Yum. with just a bit of sauce across the top. That's an interesting build. And the fast food version of that would be Jets. And so we have lots of Jets. Do you have Jets in Minnesota? No, no
2: but I did don't... we have Rocky Rococo? Was that Detroit style? Do no. Stuff. you think, Not really. No,
0: it's very particular. I mean, there's a chain. You're going to see a, a company called Emmy Squared from New York. They're already expanding into Nashville. I think you're going to see those yeah. probably come to the Midwest. I think so, too.
1: And there's yeah, actually. Detroit, go ahead.
0: Detroit is a very unique style, and a lot of people in the Midwest think that they've seen it, but they haven't. And right. so we've got it's a it's a section of the book in Pizza City USA. We do talk about a Detroit, you know, sort of wave of coming to Chicago.
1: Well, and there's there's a, we I would tell the listeners they've probably seen one in a freezer case. We do have somebody who's marketing Milwaukee pizza and and Detroit pizza in the as frozen pizzas, and they're not exactly right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so Milwaukee I'm interested by that. Correct. What well, about quads?
0: Oh, go ahead. The writer from the writer from the takeout also contacted me about two weeks ago because she had seen this Milwaukee style of pizza, yeah. and I think it's marketing, frankly.
1: I do too. Do you quickly? Do you know about Quad City style pizza?
0: Sure, I actually lived in the Quad Cities for a year after college. I did a TV stint there, and there is a company here called Roots and they're doing a Quad Cities style. There's only one that I found in Chicago. The hallmark is really there's more malt in the dough, yeah. which I think is a great combination for drinking beers with your pizza. Yeah. Um they also cut it with scissors at the table. But it's just a, a maltier dough.
1: We have one just uh, recently opened up here in Matamita, QC Pizza, which is trying to bring this style of pizza to the Twin Cities. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, that
0: is interesting. I yeah, know. we've only found one instance in Chicago.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'll send you the link, and then you should go check them out when you're up here. It'd be we kind of fun. Check
0: out- you should check out the 10,000 pizza we have in Chicago.
1: Well, I'm. This is what I'm saying, you guys. If you, because here's the funny thing: is we had a show probably this summer where a friend of mine was going to Chicago, and she's like, "What should I eat? What kind of pizza?" And it was. I wish to God I'd had your book then, because this is such a wealth of information, you guys. It is called Pizza City USA: 101 Reasons Why Chicago Is America's Greatest Pizza Town. Dolinsky is obviously a pizza savant. I mean, the guy has totally, yeah. You know, you know more about pizza than I think people have eaten. You know, well,
0: I only tasted 185 in Chicagoland, and then I tasted another 60 in New York just to cover that ground. So I do feel like I've got a pretty good baseline now of the various pizza styles in both these cities, because these two cities tend to argue about pizza a lot. I found that there's 10 styles here, and there's only about five styles in New York. I mean, in Chicago, we've got thin tavern style, which is what we just described, Neapolitan, artisan, uh, New York slice, and we've got deep and stuffed and Sicilian and Roman and Detroit. But in New York, they really only got the big, giant, floppy slice, Neapolitan, Artisan, Sicilian, and Grandma. And Grandma is essentially a Sicilian pie, but instead of letting it proof overnight in the pan, you just bake it right away. Bake it right away, so it's a shorter, a little crispier than a Sicilian. It's typically built upside down, which is cheese first on the dough and then sauce on top.
1: Wow. So I feel really like good.
2: we could just have this conversation for three hours, Stephen. You I could know. just keep going. <laughs> of course.
1: I love of course. it.
2: I already, yeah. Who doesn't love
1: pizza? Okay. Quickly. What is your, if you're going to go in Chicago, if you're going to go to your pizza, what's your pizza spot that you go? Yeah.
0: Uh, my place, well, for deep, because most people come here, they want deep. Yeah. I go to one of two places, either Labriola,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's where I'm headed this morning to begin our, our pizza tour, because I think their deep is fantastic. And then uh, My Pie in Bucktown, which is about a 10 to 15-minute drive from the sort of downtown tourist core. Um, that's a great little place in a great neighborhood, too, that's worth walking around on Damon Avenue. So My Pie or Labriola for deep. And then if you want a tavern style, I would go to Pat's. Yep. which is in Lincoln Park, which yep. has been around since 1950. If you really want to do a trek, I mean, when the pizza show came from Vice Munchies, we went down to Vito and Nick's, which is on the southwest side of the city. Or we say southwest side of the city. There, uh, yeah. we go get a we get we get with a sausage and uh, beef and a jardiner. Oh, a jardiner, you
1: know, <laughs> right? You
0: pinch and press it onto the pie. That's a Vito and Nick's is a classic throwback from the 30s. But um, north side, nearer downtown, I would go probably to Pat's.
2: All right. I want people to know, too, there's apparently a Jets pizza in Hopkins. Oh. Oh. So there you go. Great. Okay, good there's
0: enough. Your, there's your sort of pseudo Detroit style. But really, pizzacityusa.com yep. is where you want to go for info about the book and the tours.
1: Cool. We put a link up on the Facebook, you guys, if you're looking for it. And you can also send Steve a note. Thanks for being on today, Steve. Fun. Thanks Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. back at home. Okay, yeah, we'll see you later. Thanks. All right. Take care. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the weekly dish. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. I want to make sure that you got the phone number if you want to give us a call. 651-641-1071. You can give us a call and ask us questions about pizza or give us your best Chicago pizza or your local pizza. Um, or you can ask us any other things you want. You can send us notes at, um, you can send us up on the Twitters or you can, uh, which is I'm at Steph March. You're at Stephanie's, Stephanie's dish. dish. And uh, we'll try to do what we can. All right, you guys. uh, I just want to say that someone had asked while we were talking about pizza if we could also mention uh, the new pasta spot in Wayzata that I had referred to and missed the name. Nope, the Dough Room. Dough Room. The Dough Room. um, And it is in Wayzata. It's taken over the district kitchen space, and it is. uh, It's Alex Dayton is the chef there, and it is quite lovely. I have to tell you. Um, I went there just on a preview and ate some beautiful, I took a picture of pastrami that kind of people were just going crazy for because I was like, I thought everybody else would be taking pasta pictures. Right. And then I was like, well, this is really more of a pasta and pizza place. It's wonderful, though. And their pizza is kind of a lovely, chewy crust, um, a little bit puffy, not thick, but also not thin. I really enjoyed it. I really liked that pastrami all about
2: picture you posted looked incredible. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. 641 1071 If you guys have any questions you want to ask us today. That's right. It is cookbook swap day. It is
1: cookbook swap. If you're coming out to hang out with us at Kitchen in the Market noon to two. Woot, woot. We're excited. excited. Even uh,
2: Kurt Johnson, husband extraordinaire is going to have a sighting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't come out very I know. much. So. I was going to say, you just outed him. Now people are going to know that he that's him. That's the Kurt. The Kurt. So go ahead and ask him all the embarrassing questions.
2: Yeah. Like, what is it like to be married to the embarrassing wife?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um,
2: th- 651-641-1071.
1: There it is. Um, I just wanted to make one more comment about the pizza situation we did. Uh, that Steve Dolinsky, who was on with us, is um, he's in Chicago and he is leading these tours. And if you have anybody in Chicago who, you know, kind of just even wants to know about, you know, kind of what's around. And he's a really good source for that. And I put the link up, but just to know that you can uh, you can get the book separate from the tours, because that was somebody was asking if you got the book on the tour. So you can the tours are one thing. The book is another thing. You can buy the book on Amazon.
2: All right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh. Here's a question.
1: Okay, we do have a couple calls,
2: but you go ahead with your
1: question first and then we'll get to the calls.
2: Hi, ladies. Love your show. I have a question. Maybe it'll turn into a segment for a future show. I've heard you... um, Well, this is the GMO one. Yeah, mentioning non-GMO and GMO food, and I'm not finding scientific evidence to scare me away from GMOs. In fact, I'm wondering um, if GMOs are more resistant to pests... Any you chance you can delve into this subject?
1: I think this is a subject that yeah. we have to cover, but we can't just cover it on the fly. Su- yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so that's so what I was referencing earlier is that I think we should, I think that's a question that's really valuable, but it takes expertise that we don't have, either of us. Yeah, let's get some though, because so that we'll, is something interesting. Yeah. Um, so we'll get back to you on it. For sure. All right, we have Jonathan on the line to ask about or talk about pizza. Jonathan, are you there?
0: Good morning, Stephanie. Good Hi, morning. Jonathan what's your morning what's your pizza piece oh my goodness for the best pizza on the planet yeah and i don't usually say good things about good places but oh my god whole foods pizza has the best are you ready for this it is actually macaroni and cheese pizza
1: oh you love it? it it is the best thing for your mouth if you're in a depressed mood. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you know who else has good macaroni and cheese pizza is Mesa pizza. Have you ever eaten that one? Yes. No, I haven't. But where is that located? There's, There's one in Dinky Town. There was one in Uptown. I still think that one's there. Yeah. And uh, But just like Google Mesa pizza. It's a local place and they do a mac and cheese pizza too, babe.
0: Oh, can I just tell you, it's the best thing on the planet, and if you are looking for something to make your tummy feel happy during the day, go there, tell them Jonathan sent you out. Trust me, it's the best thing on the world.
1: All right, okay, thanks, Jonathan. thanks,
2: Jonathan. You know what this is making me think of? What? The taco pizza at Mavericks. You do have a taco pizza. Hey? I haven't had that in a year You're or gonna so, have that tonight. and oh my oh, gosh, I might actually bring that to the party. Oh, that's a good idea. I was either that or I was going to make the apple dumplings. Oh, And taco pizza sounds so much easier.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, Clearly. Okay, we have Diane on the line. Diane, what's going on today? Hi. um, So we are having a, a Halloween party for friends tonight. And I saw on Pinterest, of course, this
0: cute little like bread thing that it kind of looks like it's pizza dough, but where you make it into a mummy by like folding the pieces over and over and they yep. put two little olives. And I'm wondering if we use
1: pizza dough, would that taste good if we made it in garlic bread? Or what would you recommend? Because we don't really want to spend a ton of time making it. Crescent rolls. Stuff. But aren't crescent rolls too sweet? No. No. Okay. No. If it's you, you use add, regular like, pizza, it, Yeah. Yeah. If you
2: use That's regular what? pizza dough, I think they're going to rise too much.
1: Okay. Are you wrapping it around something or is it No, it's flat, but it's kind of like if you make um if you make your own um oh what are they called? Piggy Casey and that's not the word. Um
0: when you make your own pizza and you kinda of like almost um you take one slice and put it across and then one slice put it across the other way, back and forth up the whole thing. Um, it looks like a little mummy <clears throat> excuse me, a little mummy. Yeah, but- go okay.
2: go for the crescent rolls. They're gonna be they're going to rise enough they're going to brown lovely you can brush them with the garlic butter i that's think that's your idea. best bet
1: yep all right perfect thank you so uh-huh. much all right diane yeah those that's... old
2: crescent rolls i got a lot of use out of those
1: man i tell you what that is like that is the deal
2: here was my other halloween appetizer thought yeah the crescent rolls wrapped around little smoky weenies around the outside of a cast iron pan and then you bake it and then put hot chili in the middle so it's like a you pull off like one of the little smokies Into with the, the chili. dough and then you like scoop it through the chili. And That it's sounds like, like, a, like a tasty dog. video. But it, it is actually. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But the problem I have with some of these dessert appetizers and I was thinking about your pumpkin dip too. Yeah. Like, I'm going to a party where I don't know all the people, and right. all of that hands in the food feels kind of not oh, right. Oh,
1: I don't worry about that. Really? <laughs> well, then again, you can't buy deli meat. So, <laughs> you know, I can't. I can't right. buy deli meat. Sorry. Right. You're worried that's, about those things. If that's you're wondering right. why
2: I can't buy deli meat, just listen to <laughs> any of the. Weekly Dish Podcast. Right.
1: Listen to the one uh, specifically called Sandwiches and Anxiety, I believe that one is called.
2: (laughs) It's a pretty special moment when we get out of the studio and start
1: eating together. I tell you what. Uh, But I do think we are going to have a whole segment, you guys, on like Halloween-type dishes and food things to bring or make for Halloween uh, coming up in the next hour. So if you are wondering what kind of an appetizer to bring. But you know what's funny? Talking about pizza today is very... Germain because I think that we always used to make pizza like oh, yeah. half pizza on the night like before we trick-or-treat went trick-or-treating yeah
2: pizza or chili or yeah. something that could just be waiting for you yeah yeah
1: so cool all right you guys we're gonna take a break when we come back we'll have the full second hour of weekly dish for you we are so glad you're here we're brought to you by red cow and red rabbit